Owning an investment property can be challenging, but it doesn't have to be. At Heritage Realty Property Management, they handle the challenges for you, ensure it's rented, maintained, and gets the highest return possible, while you just collect the check. With over 50 years experience, you can trust Heritage Realty to provide the property care you want and rental knowledge you need. Visit HeritageRealtyKnox.com to connect with the team more landlords trust. Heritage Realty. We treat your property as if it were our own. Studios of Cumulus Media Knoxville. This show belongs to you at 656 9900. 656 9900. The sports you need before sunrise is on the air. You're inside the starting lineup with Tyler Ivins and Will West on 99.1, the sports animal. All right, 7 o'clock, it's on your radio. It is the starting lineup, 99.1 FM and 990 AM. You know we're found at sportsradiownml.com as well, being brought to you by Big Kahuna Wings. If you're listening there on the Sports Radio WNML app, that's a free download this summer when you're on vacay. iPhone users through your Apple iTunes store and Android users through your Google Play store. Five burning questions at the bottom of the hour. At Tyler Rivens, at Will West WNML. And your chance to dive in to talk Matt Hayes this morning. Why Tennessee will never be elite again. He lists it in his Bleacher Report article yesterday. Look, to me, this is the same article we've read year in and year out since the whole Tennessee debacle began. Post Lane Kiffin, Dooley, Butch, and now where they are now with second-year head coach Jeremy Pruitt going to the podium Tuesday. And obviously, a lot of jokes are made about the 21-minute filibuster and reading off what is... High grade point averages. I mean, obviously, you have a lot of media members who are sitting there Tuesday. They have four coaches to get to that day. Bama hasn't come through yet. There's still other coaches they have to get to. And there's Jeremy Pruitt up there talking about GPAs, which I didn't have a problem. There wasn't a lot of coaches out there who really, I guess, went up there and wowed. If you're not Nick Saban, what other coach up there had a real wow factor? Yeah, I guess Moorhead and Mason were the two that were that were great up there. Everybody else, man. I told myself going into Monday, who's the one coach that I can't miss? I mean, I'm not talking like going back, going to SEC Network and just listening to it. Like I have to be sitting there watching it when it's live and it was Gus Malzahn. Yeah. Because I just want to know how many people were going to pepper him he, with well, questions about his job security. And he handled it really well. Absolutely. He handled it with the guy that didn't was Muschamp, right? Yeah. Like that was the guy that didn't. I'll tell you the thing that Mason does that's different. Like a guy asked him a question. It was a terrible question, frankly, about scheduling. And he's a guy that does from a radio network out west, and he's just like, why don't you ever come out west? And he's like, well, we're actually scheduled to play Hawaii and Stanford in a, with a home of home in, in, a, in the coming years. Uh, so we will be going out there, but the schedule set so far ahead of time that we're just not getting to any schedule that I've made. Um, and he said, now here's the thought process behind scheduling. When you work for an institution that's a, that's a you know a, that really prioritizes academics, it's a little bit different. So what I had to do was go meet with Pat Fitzgerald, and because he's the best at this, and say, how did you go, come up with your scheduling with this? And then I met with David Shaw, who's done it probably better than anyone else besides Pat Fitzgerald. And I met with David Cutcliffe. What what Mason does is give you his thought process behind the question you're asking. So even bad questions end up with great answers with Derek Mason. Everybody else there is just trying to get out the building, except for Joe Moorhead's is hanging out. He did, like does not take himself too seriously. He's aware he's not curing cancer up there, unlike some of the coaches that come in. So he just, you know, shoots the bowl, answers a question honestly, 
moves on with his life. Everybody else there, they do kind of act like they're self-important a little bit or they're on edge. Will Muschamp, I sent you guys a text message and said, Will Muschamp's a dead man walking. Because he, he gave us the Kevin Sumlin, which is he was angry at what he thought the questions that were going to come at him that didn't come at him. He was already mad and presuming that people were going to pepper him with questions about his job security. And that is so far in the 10 years that I have been to SEC media days, that is the sign that you're done that year. Uh, Hoover highlights coming more on Will Muschamp before the end of the hour. 656-9900, It's Star 990, a free phone call for AT&T and U.S. Cellular users. Jeff, thank you so much for waiting patiently through the top of the hour. Tyler and Will, good morning. How you doing? Doing well, Jeff. Will, I wanted to ask you, uh, how many games are the Dodgers going to win the division by 30? <laughs> I, I don't know what it's going to end up being, but I'll tell you right now it's going very well. My my biggest fear as a Dodger fan is that can, just can they stay healthy? That's the big question. The last two years they've missed more starts than anybody in Major League history <laughs> to injury. I understand. I know what you mean. But uh, I just want y'all were talking about Tennessee being elite again, and uh, <clears throat> there was a poll on one of the SEC teams' message boards uh, that were talking about different programs that had followed or so, and of course Tennessee and Nebraska. Y'all guys, the guy was talking about Nebraska earlier. That was one of them that they had mentioned. They had votes for Nebraska. And I think Penn State was another one. And I know SMU was one. They put SMU out there. And then I think there was maybe a couple others I can't remember. But um, but one guy said about SMU, he said, SMU is exhibit A, why the NCAA will never give the death penalty out again for a school. Because they pretty much destroyed their, their program, their athletics, pretty much when they did that. Yeah, between that and television money, that's the other side. Because Penn State probably would have gotten it. But there's the thing, so, the so thing much about, about Tennessee. Think about Tennessee. I want to mention that I covered high school athletics for about 15 years. I covered on radio for a few years, and I covered in newspapers. And back when I covered high school athletics, um, the, the talent pool in Tennessee was not as good as it is now. I mean, there's like two or three guys, two or three players I know right now that I the, the county I live in. Two of them I know that's committed to SEC schools next year. One of them's going to Texas A&M, and one of them's going to Ole Miss. He's from Oakland High School that won the state last year. Going, he's going to Ole Miss next year. He's a defensive back. I, I can't remember his name, but going to Oakland, going to Ole Miss. And uh, but the talent pool is a lot better. And Tennessee has gotten a lot of kids from Minnesota. That kid over there from Barron, well, y'all know what I'm talking about. That Hodge guy that was supposed to play last year against Oakland to play off, he got hurt. And of course, Maryville got Oakland beat them pretty bad and went on to win the state last year. But I think it, uh, Tennessee it helps Tennessee now that the high school talent's a lot better in Tennessee than it's been in the past. Because I worked all over the state, I worked in in in, uh, in Middle Tennessee. I lived near Knoxville for a while, and then I worked in West Tennessee. And I, ne- I remember the one year I worked in West Tennessee doing West Tennessee high school football. At the end of that season, I thought this has got to be the worst football right. state I've ever seen. You know, but I mean, it's better. I mean, Tennessee is going to be good again. I don't know about elite again, but they are going to be good. But I do want to say about SEC media days, I wanted to ask you guys what you thought about, you know, um, Kentucky yesterday. I know Stoops was pretty confident, but I, I know Cash Dan was a pretty, a pretty out, pretty outspoken type guy. And he said that he said basically that no, nobody wants Kentucky to win except his man Paul Feinbaum. I know Feinbaum had a lot of positive things. I know McElroy called Kentucky the Michigan State of the SEC and and different stuff like that. And Chiefs was talking well, about I, I'll how, how, how good. All right, I said this, Jeff, um, and thank you for the phone call. The thing with Cash Daniels, he kept talking about how squirrel gets cooked. 
over and over again, that's what he wanted to talk about was how you how you cook and eat squirrel the right way. Because people asked him about eating cooking and eating squirrel, and he's like, "Well, y'all just y'all don't understand how to cook and eat squirrel. You just cook it like chickens. All you do, and then you make some gravy in another pan, and then you." That was what was funny there. Like with Kentucky, they expect to reload. That was the thing that I took away from it. And look, I will have to see it to believe it. Bingo. But that is their expectation for this season: is that we're just going to step in and reload right away. And I. I don't know that that's necessarily the case. I have to ask myself more who has a better chance of avoiding the basement, Kentucky or Arkansas this year? I mean, yesterday we were running through our predictions on who was going to win the West and the East going spot by spot, one through seven. Correct me if I'm wrong. You have Old Miss finishing last in the A in I the uh, West. Right? I think Arkansas beats them. Arkansas got a lot better as the season went along, even though it didn't. You may not know unless you're watching Arkansas games, uh, but it's. I, I think they end up getting Ole Miss this year. I think Ole Miss lost too much last season. Um, now, I will say, prepare yourselves, Tennessee fans. This is not the way that I voted it. It's not the way I would vote it. Um, but I, Kentucky's going to finish ahead of Tennessee in the predicted order of finish. Tennessee's going to be next to last, I think, in the predicted order wow. of finish. Yeah. Now, again, that's not the way that I had it. I've got South Carolina and Kentucky behind Tennessee. In the predicted order to finish, I think I got Tennessee losing to South Carolina and still finishing ahead of South ahead of South Carolina in the East pecking order because of how tough their schedule is. I encourage people who have not seen South Carolina's schedule this year to go and just look at it week by week. I mean, there were three different people when Will Muschamp was in the main room and they put up the schedule on the electronic board behind each coach and just watch it from start to just look it go up and down from start to finish and just go, oh boy. I mean, you get started with North Carolina. You have Clemson as your interstate rival. I just, yeah, it's just that could be the schedule that puts Will Muschamp to bed this year. 710-656-9900. Eric Kane's going to have another Tennessee Lottery Sports update. We have available phone lines if you want to talk Matt Hayes. Hayes at Bleacher Report saying Tennessee will never be elite again. Your He's thoughts? We'd love to hear from you. Also, you can drop us a tweet at TSL 991. This is a Tennessee Education Lottery Sports Minute. Now, VFL and former Tennessee Titan Albert Hainsworth, who was suffering from kidney failure, has recovered enough to receive treatment outside of a hospital. The former All-Pro was inside Vanderbilt Hospital receiving treatment uh, for about a little over a week. Auburn officials expect uh, the NCAA to send them a notice of allegations regarding rule violations uh, related towards former assistant coach Chuck Person's role in the play for pay scheme. Earlier this month, NC State was the first school to receive a notice and was hit with a pair of level one and level two violations. In golf, J.B. Holmes led the Open Championship by a stroke at five under par following round one of play. Shane Lowry checked in and a stroke behind at second. 14 golfers were tied at three under, including Webb Simpson, Sergio Garcia, and Brooks Kepka. It was a rough day for Tiger Woods as he shot seven over on the opening round, but here early on in round two, he's already birdied on the day. Some scores from around Major League Baseball. The Braves fell to the Nationals 13-4, a huge game for Steven Strasburg, both on the mound, more importantly at the plate. The Reds fell to the Cardinals 7-4. The Yankees swept a doubleheader over the race, 6-2 and 5-1. Eight Tennessee, did you know the Cash for Life drawings are now held every night, giving you the chance to win $1,000 a day of your life, seven days a week. You can stop by any Tennessee Lottery retailer and pick up Cash for Life today. Pete Michael's traffic coming up right now. Good morning, I'm Eric Kane. Seven eighteen as we're just minutes away from five burning questions for your Friday. 
Will, it was just Monday. You just had your bags packed to go to Hoover, Alabama. You were fl- you were forearm flexing yesterday on the SEC network, even though you didn't know you were doing it. Camera snuck up on you. Solid pre-workout. It's worth the investment. And then all of a sudden, you're back here for a Friday. I'm going to tell you, I don't know how many people would say that it was a a full-fledged earthquake SEC media days, more of a trimmer. And I have to say, I thought that the SEC network was doing, and ESPN did a better job of scheduling it, especially during the same week that Major League Baseball was on an all-star break. Yeah. Because it's just like there is nothing during all-star break except the derby and the game. SEC network and ESPN really, I felt like, missed out on an opportunity for everybody to be focused on just the SEC because it ran right up against ACC. Well, it ran up it against did. 10. Well, usually it it kind of it has in the past as well, and people still come there this year that did not. And there's one thing that it's hard to believe it wasn't um, intentional or maybe some collusion involved in the fact that everybody but ESPN and CBS went to the other ones. Yep. But the Athletic didn't send the national writers. Sporting News didn't send the national writer. I think there was one writer from SI, and they usually have five or seven that are there. USA Today didn't send a single national writer. But if you're unless you're one of the contracts, unless you're ESPN or CBS, you just you don't give as nearly as much access. So I do think that they intentionally tried to send a message to them by not showing up. And so you ended up with, you know, five, six hundred media members instead of twelve hundred media members. Uh Matt Hayes. Everybody wants to talk about the Jacksonville radio host and the Bleacher Report author better reporter and a lot of people want to talk about his comments of the story he wrote yesterday why tennessee will never be elite again you buying this 656-9900 tim's been waiting patiently morning tim morning guys i'm on hands free so i'm sorry for yelling (laughs) but uh, i haven't read this article i've heard you know dudes clickbait material from what i understand but i have a question and a comment after you reply what i'm getting I don't understand why he's saying they're not ever going to be elite again, but then I hear something about academics. Is he saying because they're high academics, they're never going to be elite? No, he's saying that because Jeremy Pruitt brought up the academics up at the podium that they're not going to be elite. Now, he brought up the academics, I'll tell you, Tim, for maybe 20 to 25 seconds out of 21 minutes that he spoke. That's one of the reasons well, as I well what, that, I, that I don't understand. I read what he said. Yeah, I don't understand from a correlation standpoint how in the world that Matt Hayes can correlate Jeremy Pruitt referencing at you know academics for twenty seconds and a twenty-one minute filibuster. Um, I don't understand how one leads to the other. I will say this: if when a coach goes up and filibusters, there's a perception that they're a bad coach, and that probably leads to to that. Now, for me, I look at this because we're here. And I could say, well, just Jeremy Pruitt hates talking publicly, right? He's just not his thing. It's not something he yeah. wants to do. Um, now, he's got to get better at it, and he did, he's done a solid job otherwise. But the, the perception with national media members was gonna be, is going to be that he's that he's not – that he, the reason he filibusters is because he can't answer questions, not because he doesn't want to. But that still doesn't have anything to do with what Matt Hayes is trying to say, which is another reason why I just kind of rolled my eyes at the article. My thing is, is if – He's making comments about academics. What's that say about other teams academically? Yes. But do you know how many coaches went to the podium, Tim, over the last four days and they actually praised where they were academically? I mean, it's kind of just all of them that could. I mean, it's all essentially just part of what you do to eat up 30 minutes. 
I'm going to read off players on our roster. I'll compliment the president, the athletic director. I'll praise the people who I brought with me to media days. Here's where we are academically. Here's how we wrapped up the previous season and how here's how we're going to look to attack this season. Thanks for having me, but, Greg Sankey. Do you, you have any think, questions? Got to think of one thing real quick. Are y'all there? Yeah, yes. Tim, go ahead. Okay, sorry. The guys in Florida, that explains everything. Yeah, I will tell you, he's not actually a Florida homer. He's been a national writer. He just, I'll be real, he lost his uh, sporting news gig, and he got a gig doing radio down there with Frank Frangie. Well, not everybody smokes crack, but some people get hooked on it. <laughs> That's all that matters. He's in Florida. He's an idiot. I, it, I just look. I just look at this. I think. I think Hayes had a he had a hot take. He believes. And then he didn't have a lot that he could follow it up with as far as an argument to make towards why he believes the thing that he believes. I would also, again, I would just point out that Matt Hayes has been around long enough to know that as soon as you get the right coach in any place, anybody can be elite. Oregon can be elite. Uh, West Virginia can be elite. It just, you get the right coach, you can be elite anywhere at this point. And that, that's part of why it's tougher for power conference schools to find the right guy because you can go to TCU and be elite. If you're Gary Patterson, you can stay there. Used to Gary Patterson would have had to leave to be able to have a whiff at the college football playoff. Instead, if not for the way the Big Ten, Big 12 does their uh, tiebreaker, not doing a tiebreaker to win their conference, he's in the playoff a couple of years ago. The perfect appetizer to your weekend. Five burning questions on the other side. In the next 30 minutes, your chance to play the game. Start, bench, cut. The itinerary full for the next 90 minutes. You're inside a Friday starting lineup on 99.1 FM. You're listening to The Sports Animal. <laughs> Six five six ninety nine hundred. Starting lineup continues Friday, July nineteenth. Program from the Budweiser Studios, Cumulus Broadcasting. Hey, coming up on the program, the Hoover highlights. Lots we have to get to over the last four days down at the Winfrey Hotel in Hoover, Alabama. But now seven thirty, bottom of the hour. Five burning questions now on your radio. Head to head, toe to toe, mono a mono. It's time for five burning questions. Brought to you by Life Safety Inspections. Saving lives one extinguisher at a time. It's not just a motto, it's how we do business. All right, gentlemen, what's the best non-conference matchup in college football this year? You know what? I'm about to give it to Auburn and Oregon right out of the gate. I mean, I understand there's a lot of other neutral side games that are going to be played throughout the season. A lot of people also look at Notre Dame traveling down to Georgia. To me, I don't think this Notre Dame team can compete with Georgia. Me, on the other hand, I do believe that Justin Herbert's going to get Oregon and the Pac-12 back into the national championship conversation. The conversation, it begins, I don't care what the line is, Will. I'm taking Oregon to beat Auburn. They can play anywhere, no matter who the quarterback is. No, I, I think it is Notre Dame against Georgia. Let's see what Georgia can do with James Coley taking over as OC. Remember the last time that they played, it was a really close game in South Bend. There are a number of people that think that Notre Dame might have a little something could be into the college football playoff this year. And Georgia's going to be a perennial playoff contender, so I think that's the better one. Frankly, I think Auburn's a seven and five football team this year. And do you expect to see a Tennessee player on the first or second to all SEC teams? I do not. I don't think that it's going to happen. It was it was really surprising to me because I'm a little and I don't expect everybody to be as bullish about Tennessee's season this year as I am. Man, I don't think too many people expect Tennessee better to be better than six and six. And so with that, when you start looking at, you also only have a certain number of guys you can vote from. There just weren't that many Tennessee players in the pool. 
I want to give Taylor the nod as a second teamer because he had such a strong finish last year in the Kentucky game. Returning but he's got to be more consistent. He had seven in two games. No, I hear you. Just be more consistent. I don't think he reaches it. He'll stay at 13. Yeah, the problems are so many linebackers, yeah. right? I mean, like at least three Alabama linebackers are going to be on the first two teams. Today is actor Benedict Cumberbatch's 43rd birthday. Is Doctor Strange a top five character in the MCU? Why are you giving me that look like I'm supposed to be able to answer this question? I'm going to attempt, though. Stay with me. Number one, Iron Man. Number two, Thor, number three, the Hulk, number four, Tony Stark. So good that you can get Tony Stark outside <laughs> of the suit. Number five, um, uh, y'all gotta watch the movies, man. What's the, the, the Thanos? Thanos. No, he's not. He's not a top five character in the MCU. I think they'd like moving forward. He will be, but right now you're going to take, um, Iron Man, Spider-Man, Captain America, Hulk, Thor, all ahead of him. Black Panther's going to be ahead of him. But I do think moving forward, it's going to be more about Black Panther and Doctor Strange than anybody else, probably, in Spider-Man. I'm going to hear it on Twitter for that one. Tomorrow's National Lollipop Day. What's the best lollipop in the game? Green Apple Blow Pop. Now, here's the problem with the Green Apple Blow Pop. The gum in the Blow Pop is going to be just go heel turn and pop you in the back with a steel chair <laughs> at about 11 minutes into you chewing it. But when you first get through that Blow Pop and you get to the gum, though, it's absolute All delight. Right, yeah. And then after that, it's just going to be a sweet chin music. Yeah, well, that's good for silver metal. If you want the gold metal of lollipops, have you ever had a cherry Tootsie Roll Pop? A cherry Tootsie Roll Pop where the chocolate never steers you down the wrong road. And just the consistent flavor of a cherry Tootsie Roll Pop. You can even go orange, too, if it's a Saturday in the fall. Just saying. Tootsie Roll Pops. I think I'd rather have gum in the middle than a Tootsie Roll. Where is the best beach within driving distance from Knoxville? It's Tybee Island. Go down through the Carolinas. Spit out there in Savannah. Stay in the pooler area. You're 30 minutes away from hitting Tybee. And once you get there, relaxation at its finest. They have signs all over the beach that say no dogs allowed. Slip one of the guys a 20 and he'll be like, who's a good boy? And they leave you alone the rest of the afternoon. All right. No, it's the beaches down there around Tampa. Like Vince Ferrar territory is where you have to go. You can, it's your up to you depending on where you're able to get the best uh, hotel deal. deal. St. Pete Beach, Treasure Island. Clearwater, Madeira Beach, all those beaches in that little island just off the coast of the Tampa Bay. That's the best beach you can drive to from East Tennessee. No better way to start your weekend than picking up the dub. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bring in this question. The the ethical I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up what was said off the air. I'm not gonna do it. We we can't bring off we can't bring off uh, off the air conversations on the air. Come on now. But Eric, Kane, Eric Kane asked, who would I give the win to yesterday? Which means this entire this entire operation right now is under question. Like, actually, you I know like what? I'm actually curious. In, I'm actually curious. Investigative. What, what got I, me the W? I like your non-conference matchup, Georgia and Texas. I don't need Jimmy Himes to step in and do an investigative Sorry. report on Eric Kane. Uh, LSU and Texas. What was your non-conference game? He said Auburn you Oregon. don't even know. You're, you're, don't. Yours was, you're, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, you were Auburn. I, you were Georgia Notre Dame. Yeah, I said Georgia Notre Dame. That's right. So, which non-conference game was better since it came down to the W there? Auburn and Oregon. Hmm. Eric Kane makes my case for me as this entire thing is tainted. 
This entire week's standing. Now I don't feel like I got the win yesterday. Chip at Life Safety Inspections bringing you your daily dose of five burning questions. I have my reasons. LSITN.com for life safety inspections, folks. Most likely there's fire extinguishers in your home or in your business. Come with a 30% fail rate made in Mexico. You don't want those. Life safety inspections can get you into cheaper models. Made in the United States of America with a 0.001% fail rate. Protect your home. Protect your investment. Life safety inspections. It's probably pretty diplomatic that you do it that way. Because Silverberg didn't, and there would just be times we just ripped the crap out of him. So, <laughs> well, here's here's the way I really go about it. I mean, if there's something obvious in there that I'm like 100%, boom, you're going to get the win. But I mean, if it's just kind of splitting hairs today, mm-hmm. I just try to, uh, who got the win yesterday? Let me move on. Tybee Island, I thought was a solid pick. It's a very solid pick. Yeah. Oh, Tybee Island, man. The, like today, we were, we were when we were in media days, we were, we were having a question if, we, if you had to move from Knoxville and take a job in any of these uh, markets that are here on Radio Row. Which is the one that you would take? And I said ESPN Coastal, so when I would take it, like if I was, if I lost my Knoxville rights, you know what I mean, like like Pulp Fiction, and I had to move somewhere <laughs> else, so where would I go? Because that ESPN Coastal is like Tybee Island, Savannah, St. Simons, Hilton Head, like Brunswick. You know what I mean? Like it's it's right there on that coast, and Georgia's fantastic. Nothing is worse than the drive down. You go through the gorge in Carolina, and then you go over, make your way through South Carolina. You got to go through Columbia, so you're there hanging out with all the Gamecock students. But then you get to that about 90-minute stretch that takes you into Savannah slash Tybee Island, and once you get there, man, you're just ready to just build sandcastles. You're just like, I'm here. I don't care how white and how sand. There is actually uh, an exit off of when you're taking that drive down where it's Columbus, South Carolina. And when you get off of the interstate, like all the, you know, they had like the short signs like we do out here in Bearden and stuff like here around Sequoia Hills area. Every like all the signs on like the Burger King and everything yeah. is really small. It has a double roundabout. It's like they looked at it and they said, you know, what's better than a roundabout? Two roundabouts. <laughs> and so you do a roundabout into another roundabout. And I'm like, I don't understand the purpose of, but there's no way logistically there's a purpose for this outside of you just wanted a double roundabout in your city, right? 23 minutes ahead of the hour of 8 o'clock. Eric Kane, after handing out W's, now brings you your next Tennessee Lottery sports update here on the starting lineup. This is a Tennessee Education Lottery Sports Minute. All right, gentlemen, VFL, former Tennessee Titan Albert Hainsworth, who is suffering from kidney failure, has recovered enough to receive treatment outside of a hospital. Hainsworth, the former All-Pro, was receiving treatment at Vanderbilt Hospital for the last week. Auburn officials expect to receive a formal notice of allegations from the NCAA regarding rule violations related towards former assistant coach Chuck Person's role in the pay-for-play scheme. Earlier this month, NC State was the first school to receive a notice and was hit with a pair of Level 1 and 2 violations. In golf, it was J.B. Holmes who led the Open Championship by a stroke at 5-under following round 1 of play on Thursday. Shane Lowry checked in a stroke behind in second. 14 golfers were tied at 3-under, including Webb Simpson, Sergio Garcia, and Brooks Kepka. It was a rough day for Tiger Woods as he shot 7-over in round 1, but already birdied here early on in round 2 this morning. In the NBA, Nike is countersuing Kawhi Leonard in response to his lawsuit against the Claw logo while Leonard was a part of the Jordan brand. Elsewhere, the Rocket star James Harden purchased a minority stake in the investment group that controlled Major League Soccer's Houston Dynamo team. Hey, Tennessee, did you know that Cash for Life drawings are now held every single night, giving you the chance to win $1,000 every day of your life, seven days a week. You can stop by any Tennessee Lottery retailer and pick up Cash for Life today. We're going to check out the interstates here on a Friday morning. Coming up in 15 seconds on Pete Michaels Traffic. Good morning. I'm Eric Kane.
17 minutes ahead of the hour of 8 o'clock, but he was really good. He was really, really good. More off-air conversations coming on air. Well, no, no, no. The, you just heard our rejoin. Will West takes his own putter to the putt-putt course. <laughs> He's the second guy I know who do, who does that. And I said I, I, I would really hate that guy. I actually had a buddy out in Iowa. And you know what? Believe it or not, Iowa's known for flat, cold, just nothing to do. But they have a lot of challenging putt-putt courses out there. You don't say I had it. a buddy who kept his clubs in the back of his vehicle. Come on. His Tahoe. And if we just went, we'd get together and be like, all right, Bar tab, putt putt, bar tab. We had an hour to kill. We'd go over near the airport. A lot of putt putt courses over there. We'd play 18. Huge Washington Redskins fan. And he would reach in the clubs, grab the putter, take that gold and maroon putter. And man, he was great. That was fantastic. Might have to work that guy into a start bench cut for later on because goodness gracious. Start bench cut. Guy, uh, okay, start bench cut. The guy who brings his own putter to the putt putt course. Softball, Softball guy who wears eye black or has his own bowling ball. Guy who has his own bowling ball. I'll say this. I mean, there are, I mean, you can, you can bowl when you're older and you can win some money when you're older by bowling. There's bowling leagues. I'm going to, I'm going to start, I'm going to start the, uh, well, in terms of which one is the, the dumbest cutting cutting is the one you're always the dumbest. Okay. So uh, I'm going to cut the guy that brings his own putter to the, to the putt putt course. I'm going to bench. I black guy in, in softball because I'm about that. And then I'm going to start. <laughs> I, I'm about that. Okay, okay, time out. Do you just do two strips or do you go Ultimate Warrior Bryce Harper? Uh, ultimate Warrior? I mean, we're oh, here to win. Hey, g- give, me a sec- give me my so you show up to a you show up to a beer league softball game looking like the Warrior. So every time you come to bat, you have the tassels hanging from your Absolutely. biceps. Absolutely. We're here to win. We're here to have fun. We're here to pound some brews. I mean, of course. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to bench or start that one and then Can't the, the bowling the ball w. don't care. Uh, you want to feel old? You want to feel old? I got something for you today. You feel, right. feel old from Let's the category of Will West, Eric Kane, Tyler Ivins. Do you feel old? This movie came out in theaters eleven years ago today. I have no idea. The Dark Knight. Oh wow! Did it? Okay, that's about right. Is it though? Yeah. I feel old. Like I get. I look. I get. I'm 33. Well, you see, here's the thing. You don't have kids. When you have kids, though, because you can equate it to how old was the kid was my yeah, kid at that time. That's right. So it becomes a lot easier at that point. See, I do it by when I was in school, but I mean, every year I'm getting further and further and further away, away from, from school. school yeah. So I'm just like, uh, yeah. yeah, you don't have kids. That's good. Because see, everything I do, I equate to sports. Yeah. Because I don't have a life. So I always ask myself, <laughs> what were what was my favorite program or sports teams doing back in two thousand eight? And I really don't want to talk about what Tennessee was doing. Well, in this kid thing, man. Uh, I was at I was at a birthday party last night, and there was a couple little kids there, and I was I was throwing some football around with them, and uh, the football rolled underneath the deck, and I mean, it was way back there. It was muddy. I mean, I wasn't gonna get under there and get you know get it. And I said, hey, hey, you know, so and so, go go in there. It just sprints down there and gets it. I'm like, oh, of man, course, yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what, man. And then your neighbor said, sir, you weren't invited to this party, please. Leave. <laughs> <laughs> then I had to leave the premises. But this kid thing, I might need to check that out. One day, <laughs> what? Do, do it over. First of all, you say check this thing out like it's a library book. Yeah, I would just say, out. here's the thing. <laughs> Plan it ahead of time. That's all I'm going to tell you. I have kids, I so, so. Yeah, yeah, have yeah. kids so they can do all the stuff you don't want to do. Uh, right? My dad used to tell me all the time. Oh, the reason I had you, you boys, so I don't have to mow the lawn anymore because I, I hate push mowing like I hate nothing else in this world. And dad would just be like, I'd be like, Dad, I don't want to push mow again. I only had you, so I don't have to push mow again. Get out there. Do you push mo like right now? Is that no? No, I do not. Oof. Okay, I can just see just big old Will, which no, no, no. you know, getting so bad push yep. mowing. I got a buddy on Snapchat. Only time he ever hits record on the Snapchat and sends one out, you know what he's gonna do? It's just a shot of his feet kicked up on the coffee table. His daughter's name is Hazel, and all you hear him say is, "Hazel, baby, 
Get Daddy a beer. <laughs> and the, the, the video never leaves his feet. And about 45 seconds later, after you hear the suction of the refrigerator in the background, open up. And then you hear it thump shut. All of a sudden, you just see a shadow approaching the coffee table. And there's this adorable little girl in her Care Bears onesie acting like she's sipping a cup. No, no, Daddy, that's Hazel's beer. And she hands it to Daddy. And then Snapchat ends every time with the of the beer can opening <laughs> up. Tell you what, you people that have your life together, you know, married kids, I might check into that one day. I'll tell you what. Something to look into. All right, so can we can we play the clip that I tried to get us to play yesterday completely out of context, even though we had actual things to talk about? Because I was so excited when this moment happened. The Will Muschamp clip that you that you mentioned the the uh, or that you sent to us earlier. Yeah. There was this kid from Montgomery, Alabama, who in the electronic media room wanted to ask a question to every person that came through there. He clearly was green though. Like he couldn't get his question out, he would stumble over it, he'd stutter half the time. He was nervous asking it, and every question that he asked was really stupid too. Yeah. I'm not trying to just rip somebody else for the job that they do. Irrelevant to anything whatsoever. This kid and, and again, he's just the kid that's the sports, one of the sports reporters from, from Montgomery, Alabama, probably fresh out of college, yep. first time in a situation like this. And then Will Muschamp gets up to the podium. And this is what the kid asks him. Um, Rashad Snell, Alabama News Network in Montgomery. Uh, coach, your in-state rival, Clemson, has become a national powerhouse, winning two out the last four national championships. Has South Carolina kind of became like the little brother to Clemson? No, we're not the little brother. That? We're not. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Will Muschamp did not handle it well. And no. then the, what was funny is in the room, you could hear the kid laughing after <laughs> Muschamp doing awful. that. It was just funny. And I hate to say kid, the young man is probably 22. And it's like, the but a young man, but it, like, again, he, and this is day three. And yeah. we're, we were, we're sitting there, and I'm just like, and every day this guy's asking questions that are just like, are you kidding me? Come on. And it's just like he raises his hand, the hand of the microphone. That's a lot of it, though, is what Media Days oh, is, is. Let's that, just stop handing the microphone to him. Well, it's, if you did it to him, you'd have to do it to everybody else asking a dumb well, question. Well, so. you, you've gone for 10-plus years. I was talking about kind of, you know, I've, I've worked the last two years not on location, but from here. And, and so the way I picture it, you have, you know, the electronic media room. You have a main room where you do group sessions and everything. I feel like those questions should be in the group session type, not not in well, front of the podium and everything. Am group, I right? The group session is only the players. The players don't get up at the big podium in the main room, just the head coaches do, and then you'll have like you know three corners of the room you have a little place for breakout sessions for yeah. the players because okay. god love them nobody wants to talk to kentucky players but everybody wants to talk to tua yeah. right so it, it was like so so that's why you do it that way and like so you had the main room but in the main room you have some people asking really dumb questions there's a guy that asked uh jimbo fisher hey do you know arkansas a couple years ago had a five overtime game and then a four overtime game five days apart what do you think about that sure that's what he asked him. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, this is what we're doing in my life right now is I'm sitting here and listening to you ask this question. But this, it was just so funny because this kid asked a question every time and stumbled over every question that he asked for three straight days, Can I just say, though? four different coaches each different time and, and 12 players each day. And then he gets that must champ question up there and asks him that. And Muschamp looked like he wanted to fight somebody. Muschamp looked like he wanted to fight. In, okay, uh, in fairness to Will Muschamp, he looks like he wants to fight anybody That's every true. day of the week that ends in Y. That's true. And, but also, to your point, he looks like dead man walking yeah, already. Yeah, no, He'd rather talk about what he's grilling on the big green egg than what's going on with Jake Bentley and what happens if they actually do finish 6-6 six and six this year. I call it Kevin Sumlining. 
where you volunteer to me all the reasons you shouldn't be fired before anybody brings up that you should be fired or asks right. a question about your job security. You just start like angrily throwing out facts of all the great things that you've done there. Kevin Sumlin, Butch Jones, like they're, those are the guys that we've seen do that. And each time we saw them do it, guess what they were? Dead man walking, right? I feel like right? Butch Jones did that a lot. So it was, this was Will Muschamp kind of turned into that. Now, we'll say this. The guys from the state said if he goes 6-6, six and six, he's fine this year. So, but he's got to go six and six. But next year, he'll be on like a scorching seat. And if he doesn't go eight wins, then that's just kind of what it is. Man, Carolina football. They they talk mm. about going out there and they want to go big game hunting. And Will Muschamp's the guy that can do what Spurrier couldn't do and what Lou Holtz couldn't do. And now they're just like six and six is okay. Yeah, now, six and six is okay. It's also another sign when you see them bump their offensive line coach to tight ends coach and hire a new offensive line coach. It tells me you didn't have the best, you didn't have the right offensive line coach. And it tells me as a defensive coach, you don't prioritize your offense the way you probably should. You're just getting a guy that can go out there and get and recruit. And so that's who you have as your offensive line coach. And that's why your offensive line's bad. Well, and you can't run the football. What do you think was the big moment from SEC media days in 2019? It could have been Saban being just brutally honest, saying, look, it was two, two, two of the rock star. That's what it was. Two of the rocks. Two of the rocks. I think it was uh, saving on Paul Feinbaum. Okay. Okay. How about we do this? I was going to say start Mitch Cup, but I feel like there's three or four extra ones. Highlight. Give me two of the rock star. Give me saving on Feinbaum. Give me Will Muschamp, and we're not little brother. Give me the confidence of Joe Moorhead and Derek Mason in five. Give me. Give me LaMichael P. Ryan's comments, not yes. just about Tennessee-Florida rivalry, but also talking about how Florida fans sometimes can be he a little... Everybody. He ripped everybody. They can be a little blender there. They He's up there forth. doing the CM Punk and just sit crisscross applesauce down with the microphone and started just cutting <laughs> yeah, promos. Crisscross and, and applesauce. So, but, but here's what was weird. It flew completely under the radar. Nobody talked about it. Like, Florida can't catch a headline right now. I don't know what it is about Florida. I think it's because Dan Mullen is just kind of like, looks like Cousin Eddie. I don't, I don't know if that's why. <laughs> But, it, like, it, it just they can't catch a headline. But, like, when Tua was there, somebody knocked my uh, coffee all over uh, our uh, setup at Media Days because they were trying to sit with their foot on top of our table and standing on a chair, sticking their camera up to try to get a shot of Tua doing uh, a spot with jocks. Like, it was just crazy the way that Tua was kind of a rock star there. For me, uh, from a Tennessee Tennessee perspective, if I can get that out there, um, uh, JG talking about how Jim Cheney's giving him complete control of the offense at the line of scrimmage. I like that. I like Jeremy Pruitt talking about relationships where his first six months on the job, he had his hand in so many jars that he lost relationships with the players. Uh, I also like the uh, Michael P. Ryan comments you brought up, Tyler. And also... On Sports Talk, you can find the interview at sportsradiowml.com, and uh, we might have some time later on to play it. I don't know, but uh, Derek Mason joined John, John and Jimmy, and they ask him, you know, as a head coach, a defensive coordinator, you gave up play calling. You know how did you know Jeremy Pruitt's doing that now? How did you work through that? Derek Mason gave a really, really insightful answer we, on that, and it's it, that was really good. It was really, really good. And I got to tell you, shout out to Jay Lyford because Jay Lyford actually asked him that off the air. Yeah, and so and then we like everybody heard it. We're like, wow, that's a great answer. And so Jimmy's like, well, I'm gonna ask you that on the air. Well, let's so, roll the tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are my highlights. Let me ask you this. Apparently, Jeremy Pruitt and Jarrett Garantano restored their, not restored, they started building their relationship over a delicious slice of blueberry cobbler. Blueberry, some, some southern thing, right? Blueberry cobbler, overrated, underrated. I never had a blueberry cobbler. A lot of blackberry cobblers, peach cobbler, uh, but I've never had a blueberry cobbler. Unpopular opinion in the south, cobbler overrated. Blueberry cobbler, though, it's good. Yeah, uh, cobbler's overrated. I'll agree yeah, with you there. Cobbler's yeah. absolutely overrated. You gotta have the ice cream with it. Gotta. Yeah. 
apparently I have a friend who he just he wants to cuss me with this with the tongue every time I, I slam cobbler and pastries. I'm just not a big pastries guy. I'm not I, a big I'm cobbler. Not Quick question right now. Um, power ranking of SEC coaches that you'd like to hang out with. Oh, number one, gonna, Joe Moorhead. So Moorhead's got to be one. Number right? two's Joe Moorhead. Number three's Joe Moorhead. Moorhead's one. Mason's two. Ogeron's three, but you're getting arrested. Yeah. And there's literally no no one else. Well, we, there's we, literally we no one else. We talked about Gus Malzahn a little bit, Tyler, back in the... Uh, so Gus Malzahn, it was very relaxed there yesterday. Because Ooh. Gus Malzahn could be on both sides of the fence. He could be really weird and really uptight, or he could be like, dude, where's my beer? Yeah, yesterday he was like, I don't care about anything. And he's apparently plays ping pong and just runs his mouth at all these <laughs> other coaches that they can't beat him at ping pong. Come on. I'll be real, though. Chad Morris showing up on stage with a bunch of Red Bulls and Sour Patch kids. You know, that guy likes to have a good Chad, time. Chad Morris looked like he's a broken man. Going like going winless last year at Arkansas just broke Chad Morris. So when he goes 0-16 in two years, that's going to break a man as well? Got that dub on week two, though, right, Will? Uh, they're I, not think, going yeah, to, I think week two. Week two at Ole Miss is yeah, where they get it. They're not going to Oxford and winning that game. That Arkansas is a bad football team. Come back on the other side. Your chance to play the game. Start bench cut. And we got to continue to chat about Matt Hayes and his article, Why Tennessee Will Never Be Elite Again from Bleacher Report. Final 60 minutes of the starting lineups next for your Friday. Sports Radio, WNML.